In these uncertain days, there is a person who offers peace. His name is Jesus. People from all walks of life are gathering in his house to hear from him. It's time for you to join the movement. The book of Acts chapter number 11, glad you're in the house and down in verse number 19. I want you to look at this quote by Ray Orland Jr. He's a pastor. I came across this in the pour over. It comes out three times a week. It's about five minutes. It's online that tells you all the news that you want to know without the advertisements and the political commercials. Going to get an amen with that. Here's what the pastor said. Authentic Christianity is not increasing levels of commitment. Now watch this. Grudgingly. Given to God. It is surrendered to Jesus. I love this. Out of a sense of privilege in having him. I hope today that's your heart, that you, that, because I believe that not only was the first church exceptional, but there are many churches through these 2,000 years that have been extremely exceptional in, the, in their walk with Christ. You say, what do you mean? Well, look in chapter 11 and verse number 19. Here's what the scripture says. The scripture says, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. Now, now look at your text for a moment. You say, what in the world in verse 19, why were they scattered? They were persecuted. Remember, they filled, they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. And then the Bible says that persecution came, and so they, they were pushed out. And so i gotta, I got to ask you this question this morning. They're moving me along on the outline. I love it when they move me along. Watch this. Were they running away from something, or were they running towards something? Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me hang with you there for a moment. And I, I want to ask you this to lean in with me now. Lean into me, Mama. Think about your own life. Are, are you running away from something, or are you running towards something? Churches that are not exceptional get caught up in the law and the rules of life. You know what that means? And you're always saying what you shouldn't do. You're just always running away from something. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. I talked about last week how that I grew up in a home that if you played cards, you were going to hell. I said that in the second service. And all we were playing in our house was Old Maid and Rummy. How can you go to hell with Old Maid and Rummy? People a lot of times are running away from something. But God's called us not to run away from something, but to run to something. I want you to think deeply about this for a moment. Exceptional churches believe the gospel, and they keep going forth with the gospel. Now, I believe this is a good place. I wrote this down yesterday as I was reviewing. I want to insert it here. JFBC, Jackson First Baptist Church, I believe this, that you are an exceptional church. I believe with all my heart that you are an exceptional church. Uh, over the last few months, it's every Sunday, somebody is joining the church, either getting saved or God's bringing them from another church here. I'm going to tell you this, and I've met with many people. It's going to happen at the 11 o'clock service today. Someone on Wednesday night said, hey, I want to I join the church, the whole family. So at the 11 o'clock today, I already know the prime's prom, ain't it? It's plum, or whatever you say today. I can't say it right now. I'm so excited. Um, but the pump is prime. That's what I'm trying to get across. I hope they edit the other out. It's, it's been, it's, it, and so they're going to come, and I met with them. And here's what the, the husband of the family said. He said, he said Keith, I'll I tell you, when we moved here, we, we intended to look at several churches. We weren't just going to settle on one. We're going to go to different churches. But we came here first. And he said, you loved us so much, we couldn't leave. And I'm going to tell you, over the last few months, I, without a doubt, e either individually with you or someone last night was testifying at our college ministry of how they became part of the church because they wanted their grandchildren raised in a church that loved people. And so I, I just want to say this to you today. You and people come and join you. You love well. But let me ask you this. You said, I knew that'd be another part. 
Do you, are you like me sometimes? I, outside the house, I'm not as loving as I am inside the house. Is that just me? I mean, maybe just be me in the room that we just are friendly and kind and, and, and loving and, and care for people. But am, am I on the street, Brother Jimmy? Am I, am I that way there as I am here? I believe that the next level for us is the growth of the people is that, that we can be transformed, if I can use the word. So transformed by God in this movement of God that we would have that same loving heart. Well, not just when we're in ministry areas. I mean, last night I, I stood at a campfire and preached and, and froze to death. And, and then in a, about a week and a half, I'll be in the heat of Africa. Only God can do that. Standing there sweating down. But listen to me. I, I, I want to be at the grocery, don't you? I want to love people the grocery, the, the way that I love people here. Sherry, Sherry and I were helping somebody load their cart over the weekend, just trying to be loving and caring and kind to them, loading their groceries and trying to just be, be Jesus to people. This was the, the New Testament church because they were running, watch this, to something and not away from something. And so I just want to encourage you today. Remember back in Acts 9 and 31, it said this about them. The church through all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up, and they were multiplying. Now, we just read a moment ago that they, they just kept going because somehow or another, it was their privilege. Now, watch this. The gospel began to go, and as they were going, the Bible said we read it. They went to Phoenicia. If you know anything about the map and today, that's, uh, that's Libya. They, they went into Cyprus, which is off the, off the coast right there in the Middle East. And, and then they went to Antioch, which is shockingly southwest Turkey. They were in that day, archaeologists tell us, uh, half a million people living in Turkey. It was the most advanced city of its time other than Rome. It was called the, the Golden Queen of the East. The, the main street going down the main avenue in, in the city of Antioch was four miles long. And it was built, now listen to this, out of marble. It was lined on both sides by marble colonnades. It was the only city of the ancient world that had street lights in that day that were lit. But there was a problem in that city. It was a port city, so people were coming from all over the world. It was actually what we call today New York City. It was the place that they were crisscrossing, all the, all the different nationalities were coming, and you would think that God in his wisdom would, in the midst of an exceptional movement, raise up and say, Peter, you got to go, because Peter was the leader. He was the, he was the exceptional one. You would have thought that, that Paul would be just the first one to go, or, or John, or some of them, but, but the Scripture doesn't say this. Look in your Bible with me what the Scripture says. The Bible says in verse 20, but there were some of them. Did you say, well, what are their names? Only God knows. Men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists. Now, this is, this is Greek-speaking people that are Jewish people and non-Jewish people that speak other languages. They also, now watch this, this is really important, they preached the Lord Jesus. This was something new, and the, and the hand of the Lord was on them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Literally, now this is, listen to this, look at the screen. God touched this city through the voices of ordinary followers of Jesus. Are you an ordinary follower of Jesus? Come on now, that's, that's a humble thing. I know some of you say, well, I'm waiting for something else like an exceptional follower, okay? Well, you are, but you begin as an ordinary follower. You need to understand something, that God touches the world through ordinary Christians who become exceptional because of their connection to Jesus. So I, I, I want to I pause here for a moment and, because I know some of you are saying, well, what in the world does that have to do with Jackson? Because there's not a half a million people in Jackson. Well, I do know this. There are 26,000 plus people that live in our county now. 
17,500 of them are honest enough to admit that they're without Christ. Within our borders, just outside the borders of our, of our county line, there are literally hundreds of thousands of people. Not only that, they're coming our way. Have you noticed that? Have you tried to rent a house lately or buy a house? They are coming from other places. And I just believe this, that God is doing again through ordinary people what he did before. And I just believe this with all my heart, that God has raised Jackson First Baptist Church up for such a time as this. Why else would be people coming who are, who listen to me, who are in their 70s, deaconing somewhere else, coming to this church saying, I want to be a deacon here. Why are people coming? We have, we're having ministers join our church. Do you know that? Where have people come from other churches just saying, I, I, I work with children, I, I work with adults, I, I work with students, and I work with college. We had a young lady last night, a young lady that, that's getting baptized next Sunday. She's in her 40s, and she's as shy as she could be. But in the midst of after I spoke, she began to share. She just spoke up and began to tell her story, didn't she? She began to tell her story, and her husband's like, wow, God is doing something amazing. And today, I just wanted to come to you and say to you today that it could be that God wants to do something exceptional through you. I believe this with all my heart. You say, well, how do they do it and how can we do it? I think there are three little E's that I want to give you to lay on before your heart from the text of what they did and what we should do. Number one is this, they evangelized the city. That's all they did. They, they did. they just went to the city instead of just keeping it inside the walls. They just went out and shared. Now, this is an important point. I, I, I'm not to put down, but to encourage you today. How do you preach the gospel? Some would say this. Well, preach the gospel. If absolutely necessary, use words. That's from hell. They can't get saved apart from the word of God. So we have to know the word of God. So, so when you go and you, you share Christ with someone, how do you do it? Honestly, I just this is the question. Maybe you could send me an email today uh, to Pastor Keith at jacksonfbc.com that you'd email me and say, this is how I'm doing that. You see, in Acts 2, when Peter preached, remember what he said? In Acts chapter 2, he said this, Jesus is the Christ. He's the Lord of Israel. And all the people there that were Jewish people were moved by that because they had a connection to that. Do you, are you following me yet? They had a connection, so as he presented the gospel, he could say there's a God in heaven, and they agreed with that. There's a Bible they, of the Old Testament, they agreed with that. They believed a need for worship, they agreed with that. So they started already with some foundation, even though they were not believers. But friend, have you, have you paid attention lately? In Jackson, Georgia, over half the people have no foundation. If you would have been in here in the, in the sanctuary with us on, on the Lord's Friday night, over half of the kids in here had no clue what was going on in the room. When they began to sing songs, they started screaming. A couple of kids were sitting beside me were just screaming. They had no clue about the worship. God. They had no clue. And I could have chosen there. I've, I've been cursing the darkness and taking them out. But they had no clue. And I think the problem that many churches are having today is we don't know how to minister to people who have no foundation. And the reason why is this is that we're using the tools of a of, of generation of people where we're saying, well, you ought to know that. And so we curse them if they don't already believe in God when we start. But 90% of the world that has been reached by the gospel in these generations have been reached by people who followed the method of the church in Acts chapter 11, not the people who followed the method in Acts 2. Because the farther they got out, they had Brother Larry, as you know, to go out back farther. So in the text, it said here in verse number 20, when they went, they began preaching, now watch this, the Lord Jesus. 
That word is kurios. He, he is the Lord. Tony Murata was right. He said in that day they, that the, the Gentiles cared less about that, the hope of Israel. They didn't even like Israel. And dear friend, today, if you're preaching Baptist doctrine first, they don't care about that. What church you go to? I'm in a Baptist church. Well, that don't mean anything to them. You say, now, wait a minute, preacher. I'm a, I, I believe the Baptist way. Well, so do I. That's why that we are. But I didn't get saved as a Baptist. I got saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I grew up, I was going to shock you, I grew up in a Bible church. And then, then I went for a little while to an independent Baptist church. And then I ended up being a Southern Baptist. You say, well, which one of them saves you? None of them. But they taught me something. They taught me the need that you and I have today is this. We, many of you have a good heart and a good intention but you could not lead a person to Jesus if you had to. You say, well, what do you mean? Because you don't know how. You say, well, I, I do know how. Well, I, tell me how then. Can I, can I give you from this text what's actually happening? Is when they preach the Lord Jesus, here's what they preach. You see an outline in Acts 17, 22 through 32. Every funeral that I do of a lost family member, I always share this particular gospel every time in the midst of that funeral. You see, we, 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 we grew up in a world that knows that it, not, that it had a creator. Do you know that? Do you know our world had a creator? This creator, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning that he created the heavens and the earth. And with him in the creation was the Holy Spirit and was Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was 100% God. The Holy Spirit was God, and God the Father is God, and they created and you know what, this, in this creation, you need to know this. You say, well, I've heard some of this, but do people believe that? We didn't just happen here, did we, Lane? We didn't just happen to get here that there was a God that started it all. And he said, I love these people, I created them. But i got to tell you this, that we corrupted this creation. You see, there was a, Chris made the mistake. It wasn't a mistake. He actually did it on purpose. He asked in the middle of the mess, actually the beginning part, he said, do you have any questions? And a, and a young lady in the back, back there, her mom and dad are sitting right now, sitting right there said this, well, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Well, Chris didn't miss a beat. And so how would you answer that? Here's how I would answer that. First of all, the, your, your theory is wrong. There are no good people. You say, well, how could that be? Because when the creator God created this good, we decided to corrupt his creation. We decided to walk away from God, Romans 5, 12. We walked away from God and we corrupted the creation. So here's why bad things happen. It's because we are corrupt people in a corrupt world that walked away from God and God says, I'm going to let you do it. Now follow with me now. But this same God who created us that we corrupted this world still cares for us. He still cares for us in Acts 17. It says so clearly that every time the rain falls, that it's God who provides. God needs nothing from us. Does he? God needs nothing. So when you're out there sharing your faith with somebody, you're trying to add value to them. You're not trying to get something. You're trying not trying to notch your gun or, or just say, I did this. It's, it's for their benefit. And so God cares. And you know what? God cares so much that he sent Christ. Jesus Christ came in the perfect fullness of time because God said this, I'm going to set this all up for you and to say that you need me. I gave you a law so that you realize because of your corruptness that even though I cared for you and gave you all the tools, you could not live up to that. So I had to send someone to live up to that, Jesus. 
And so Jesus Christ lived up to that, and Christ came, and did he not go to the cross to purchase my redemption so that I could be forgiven? And I would say to people, I want to tell you this, that this God who created me and that I corrupted his creation cared for me, and he came to this earth, and listen to me, he's calling me to a new life. And I, want to, and I will say this to people, do you know that you're looking at a person who's not perfect, but I've been married to the same woman for 30 years? Do you know that I don't steal, I've not been in jail? And they're like, wow, I'm not doing dope and I'm not doing any of those things. I'm not being evil and mean. I'm paying my taxes. Now watch that deal. I'm paying them honestly with that. Well, how are you doing that? Because I met a man named Jesus. You see, in that moment, then you begin to call them and to say this. You know there's a day that he's coming again. And when he comes again, Acts 17 and 30, he's going to judge this entire world. So can I ask you this? If this creator comes back to this earth today to judge us, what will you say to him? If you want, if, if, do you, you know there's, there's heaven and there's hell. Are they only two options that, that you have when you die? You see, I think most of us of this is that we get so cranked up you, and we think, I, 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 I don't know what to say and I can't say. There's not a one of you can't say what I've just said. And articulate it better. But here's the problem. When we don't have the habit of evangelism, you know what we begin to do? We begin to run from something into, instead of to something. The Baptist church is so good at convicting you that you need to do evangelism. But we're not very good at helping you to go ahead and have a heart of a joy that says do it. You see, you can't do it by your might and your power. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. I know we're in the tough moment of the message, but these people went to Antioch, and they just began to share Jesus in a way that these people can understand. And, friend, can I commission you today? Because you're running to something that you will stop and, and share. Sherry and I did this on, on Thursday night. We, we, we were out together, and we stopped by Loving Oven. If you've never been to Loving Oven, I love their oven, and so I stopped there. And we shared a meal together. We had a calzone, hived it together. And this lady came there, and we just began to open up to her. And she opened up to us. There's very few people in her. And I thought, this is the time. And, and, and come to find out she was a believer. Brother Jimmy, we didn't assume that. We just began sharing with her out of, out of watch this, out of now becoming a pattern and a path. We didn't have to. We got to. And can I tell you this today, with all my heart, that you are an exceptional people, but you have to have some bullets in your gun before you can reach somebody. And so if you, if you want more of this, email me and say, will you teach me how? I'm telling you this, we're not going to offer another class for three people to come to. We're going to offer whoever wants it. If you want it, just reach out to me. We will make it happen for you to be able to do that. We will give you the tools to do it. We will pray with you. We will go with you. We're, training, we're raising up students and college kids now to do that, and we're raising up senior adults to do that. We'll raise up anybody that's willing to do it in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because that's what an exceptional church does. But the second thing an exceptional church does is this, is that they encourage people. This is another area that, that we need to do outside of the walls. You say, how do you mean they encourage you? Well, well, the news got back in verse 22. It got back to Jerusalem. It got to Jerusalem, verse 22, that it came to the ears of the church, and so they sent Barnabas. They sent this dude out from the church to authenticate, to make sure that this is a real deal, that, that things are going by the, the way they're supposed to be. If you look in verse 23, when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. 
And he exhorted them all to reign faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. This guy, by the way, was a man full of faith, a good man and full of the Holy Spirit. You see, you can't encourage people if you're not full of God. If your glass is half empty, you just, you just can't make yourself do it. I mean, if you're a snoot, you're going to be a snoot. Can I get an amen? If you're, if you're a picker, if you're a fruit investigator, that's how you're going to be unless God does a work in you. And so the New Testament church, they were encouraged. He went there. He saw the grace of God. Get this in your mind. Get this in your mind. If they're not for us, they're against, if they're not against us, they're for us. If you could just buy into that. You say, well, who said such a thing as that? Well, this, this, this one really insignificant person, Jesus. Jesus said, if they're not against us, they're for us. Because his disciples got all upset that they were not ministering the way that they were ministering. And I just want to tell you this today, that, that Barnabas was an encourager and he saw the grace of God. God, at 2 Corinthians 6 and 1, Henry, God was working through them. And he came to them, and he said, this is the big, this is the big deal. He simply said, just keep doing it. And can I tell you this in the church today? Just keep doing what you are doing. Barnabas was so amazed at, at that, that they had the fruit of the Spirit. And I love when I'm with you and you have the fruit of the Spirit. Some of you today, I, you, you, you may, may not have that. And I'm learning to repent. You say, what do you mean? Because sometimes I just don't like to hang around people who don't have the Spirit. And can I apologize to you for those of you that I kind of have shied away from? Can I honestly sincere? I have not done a good job in the last year or two. Really since COVID, I haven't done nearly as good job because I just kind of had a tunnel vision of all I'm supposed to be doing. And, 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 I, and I told our students last night, our college kids last night, choose your friends wisely because that's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. But I want to apologize to those of you that maybe I didn't pray enough for. Some of you today may not even like me, and that's okay if you don't like me or not. My job is still the same, to preach and love the gospel of the Lord Jesus and love you. But I'm, I'm per, some of you in this room today, I'm praying for you deeply right now. I am praying for you deeply that God would lead you to come out of whatever it is that you're in to be an encourager. And can I give you this good news? Some of you, I've watched you come out of it. There's some of you in this room today, I just want to clap for you. I just want to shout for you and say thank you to be unto God because you are growing. Many of you, most of you, but if you're visiting today, we still have a few people in the church that need to become encouragers. And I need to be a better encourager. So I, I wrote these things down. God, help me to take Jesus with me to work tomorrow. I, I, I pray this. God, help me to see everyone through the eyes of Jesus. I, I pray this, Lord. Lord, let me, let me ask people with all my heart to have the heart of love, joy, peace, meekness, and kindness. I asked the Lord just yesterday, Lord, help, help me to, to raise up people that, that we would be in evangelism and encouragement. So can I tell you today that a lost person knows they're lost, but they don't know how to be saved. So if, if you're the lady that we saw at, at our date, sure he got me up for an early date yesterday morning. I had to quit studying at 9 o'clock and go on a date with my wife to Kroger. And the lady that was in the line, I don't know if she's watching today or not, she was all messed up. Wasn't she sure? She was just all messed up. Uh, she was slow and doing these different things. And, and you know, and, and you could tell the, the person behind me, I, I feel the hair on my neck stand up, Brother Henry, because they were mad. Because people in the other lines were going fast, Danny, they, and she, she just couldn't. I don't know if it was her first day. I don't know if it was her 40th day. But I just, I just, you know what? I just felt led of the Lord that she needed encouragement. 
and I spoke a word of encouragement to you. Can I tell you this today, friend? Listen to me. Why can't you do the same instead of going on, getting home and saying, my meal was two minutes late? I know you, you want to do better than that, don't you? I, I know you do. Listen, this world is messed up. You're not getting your products because they're not getting their products. People are working overtime, and they're, they're hurt, and, and they're being discouraged. I mean, you can't turn on the TV and watch politicians. I mean, I, I owe to God that we'd have a politician who would just simply say, this is what I'm for and not about the other person. All I want to know, I said to a, I, I, I said to a politician, they're da-da-da-da-da-da-da, I just said, I said, can you pause for a moment and tell me what you're for? And I was so thankful that they could. And listen, you can turn and watch somebody's frown upside down in a moment. Barnabas encouraged them, and it says a great many people were added to the Lord. In other words, they quit. They were not fruit inspectors. They were fruit enhancers. That was good. They were enhancing the gospel. And today, I, I glad, when I come to church, I'm not afraid. To, I, I'm in a church when I come. I'm happy. I know I'm going to be encouraged. I know I'm going to be lifted up. I'm going to have the opportunity to share. And I'm not, I want to recruit the rest of you into that today, just to become an exceptional person. Because you can light a light in the darkness instead of cursing the darkness. And the New Testament church did. And you say, well, is there anything else they should do? Move beyond that. I'm encouraged all I can take. Number three is this. They were equipping those that they were reaching. The Bible says, so, so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Now, who in God's earth was this Saul? He was the guy, remember, in chapter, chapter 7 that incited the crowd. He hated the church, but God reached him, and he got born again, and he went away. And there is this break in chapter 7. And then there in 9, there's this conversion. And there is this time lapse. We don't know how long. It could have been three to five years that God took him off down into Tarsus, and he trained him. He was with God. 2 Corinthians 12 talks about him being there with the Lord. He said, a man caught up into the third heaven, and he said he was there with the Lord three years. So let me ask you this today. Are you ready to equip someone else, or do you need to be equipped? He said he went down. Can you imagine him, uh, brothers and sisters, going to Saul? He said, man, what you been doing down here? And, Paul, and he said, I'll tell you what I've been doing here down here. I've been praying. I've been down here ministering. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 tells us this, that he'd been beaten, he'd been abused, he'd been mistreated by the world, but he was preaching in those areas, and he was there in obscurity, and God came and got him through an encouragement. He says, I need help up in here. By the way, that's a 21st century version. If my house was on fire and my son was in there and you were there with me, and I asked you to help me, Danny, would you help me? Do you know the school is pleading for kids who are going to go to the fire without God for you to help? Do you know our kids are their parents and single parents and grandparents that are raising them are calling? And they're saying, help us, come over and help us. And I'm so glad I'm in a church where the, that you are doing that, that you're coming and helping them. But, but we have to do more. And the scripture says he brought him to Antioch and for a whole year. Can you imagine for a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people? Five leaders taught a church that was exploding with growth. 
Friend, we sit on the, on the opportunity of exploding with growth, but I found this to be the case. If a church will not evangelize, will not encourage and equip people, God will send them somewhere else. And so today I believe the Lord is doing this, that he's putting, putting just a light Mike, on Mike Owens. And he's saying, Mike Owens, will you evangelize? Will you encourage? And will you acquit? And I put it on you because it's what you're doing by the grace of God. You see, you say, well, how do I get in the place to do that? There are at least three little things that are not in your outline you've got to do. One of them is this, you've got to get in a place where you're growing yourself. Isn't that true? Ezra chapter 7 verse 10 says this of the priest of God, that he'd committed his life to the study of God's word and to the teaching of it to other people. I want to tell you this today, friend, listen to me. You've got to get yourself in good ground. Some of you are doing better. You're, you're, you're in the Word of God more than you've ever been before. Just keep on. Just get deeper and deeper in the Word of God. Fall in love with Him more and more. And so look on the screen. Here's what you've got to do. You've got to identify what role God has gifted you in. Just identify the role that God has gifted you in. And then notice this as it comes on the screen. You have to invest your gift by preparing. Watch this. Practicing and going. You see, I don't have time to waste my time cursing the darkness because i got to spend my time preparing to reach the darkness. I want to encourage you not only to, to grow, but I want to encourage you to go. And then lastly, I want to encourage you, you got to give. you got to give more than just one little part. You see, you got to invest in the church. There's a, little, a little, there's a little add-on at the end of the text that says that prophets came down from Jerusalem and they said this, that Agabus was one of them. He said, there's going to be a famine over the world. And so those who were in the church gave what they had. They said, God, show us what to do. And they gave. Can I just say this to you? An exceptional church is exceptional because people give. But I just believe with all my heart now that God's calling you in these days to watch this to grow, to go with us, and to give. Thank you for joining the movement. We hope that you would reach out to us at info at jacksonfbc.com with your questions and check out more of our ministries at jacksonfbc.com.